Welcome to The Peel, where we break through the surface of sustainability in Florida and get to the juicy stuff at the center of it all. I'm your host, Amber Whittle, Executive Director of South Face Sarasota. We're a nonprofit that is increasing the resilience, affordability, and health of Florida's buildings and communities, and we're saving the planet along the way. Check out our programs and events at southface.org, Sarasota. Our guest today is Tracy Troxler, Executive Director of Sunshine Community Compost. Welcome, Tracy, and thanks for joining us on The Peel. Thank you so much for having me. Glad to be here. So tell us what Sunshine Community Compost does. I will gladly do that. Um, I'm with Sunshine Community Compost, and we're a nonprofit serving Sarasota and Manatee County. And really what we're trying to do is educate and activate people around composting to get people involved in that regenerative process and um, provide the tools, both the education tools and the hands-on tools to help move the composting movement forward here in our region. Excellent. And my son has volunteered with you last summer and he actually thought it was really cool and um, very hot and sweaty work, hard work. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. But amazing to have um, different kinds of people, whether they're young or mature or anywhere in between, being involved in the hands-on process so that they have an appreciation of this beautiful transformation that happens that all the microbes are doing 24-7 and we're just kind of pitching in a little bit. So it's great to have um, support from youth like your son. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he really, he learned a lot and he would come back and tell us about it and tell us what we were doing wrong and (laughs) et cetera. And my work at the Florida House, where I met you, I also, um, I fell in love with the vermiculture there. So now I have a little worm bin and I'm always telling you about my pets. Yes. Once you're hooked, you're in. You're in for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's amazing to watch. Like I put in my scraps and I even use my shred, right, as the, as the browns. And it's just so funny to come the next week. It amazes me every single time. Yeah, that, absolutely amazing. It, that they're, it's it's soil now. It, it, it still boggles my mind. It's absolutely amazing. Yep. And that's why we do our work, because we want to turn people on to that amazing process and that, you know, it can be something that is really um, inspiring. You know, yeah, it's a little dirty, a little messy, but with the right way and the right tools, we see people who, who start and then they become uh, food scrap transformers for the rest of their life. And this is hundreds of thousands and of pounds that um, are converted back into soil instead of riding in the landfills, which is what we want to try to bring attention to and help people pivot away from um, growing landfills and instead growing soil. Yeah, we need to regrow our soil. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some very scary statistics on that. But yeah, mine doesn't even like mine doesn't even smell. Yeah, and exactly. when I have it in balance, I have like lizards and some frogs, but yeah. I really, I mean, I think people sometimes are worried about all the like maggots or other bugs and cockroaches. And we don't, I don't have that in my vermiculture actually. And it, yeah, like I said, it doesn't smell and I don't get dirty with my little, my yeah. little twisty. Uh, yeah, that's right. that's right. It's all a balancing act. And it's also learning to befriend all of these creatures that maybe we have pushed away and then understand more deeply what their role is in the ecology and how we can all collaborate between the humans and the critters and the planet to help us all have healthier um, life and future and, and present, you know. Yeah. And here at New College, I love to walk between my two offices right along the seawall and see what's different every day. Mm. And that's the same thing with my compost. I love to open it up and see what might be in there today. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. (laughs) 
So tell me about a few of your favorite projects that you're currently working on, because I know you're all over the place all the time. We are, uh, you know, we're just really trying to be responsive to where um, the opportunities are in our community because there isn't a lot of composting infrastructure. And so we know we have to start with education um, and we know we have to then provide opportunities for people to actually compost. So we are a little bit um, serving different kinds of scales and different kinds of needs. Um, I think some of the projects that are really fun uh, for me are when there is a first adopter within a community. Let's say um, one of our signature programs is where people bring their food scraps to um, a city park and there they can deposit their food scraps and then we, our organization handles the rest. We do the transformation with the microbes and then we get compost back. Um, and so sometimes we have people in those projects that then they're, they're composting at their home and then they're saying, well, what about my church or what about in my neighborhood or what about at my child's school? And so we start moving through these these sort of webs. And so um, we've seen a couple projects where now, you know, let's say people are going um, to their worship, their their church on Sunday. This is someone who used to deposit in a in a, a city park project and now they've got their church composting. You know, we have a couple of those kind of projects or now we've brought a project into a neighborhood and there's a, an audience we never would have reached who is now enthusiastically um, transforming food scraps into into compost. I think really all the projects are favorite because we're working with people and we're seeing people take an active role in moving this movement forward. So, um, you know, we started doing a project with a hospital and that was just really unexpected to see a large a larger entity wanting compost. You know, when I lived in San Francisco, we expected all the larger entities because there was so much infrastructure. But here in our region, it's like, oh, wow, you know, and then we get a call from a restaurant. And so it's just so it's inspiring to see that people want this and they know it's important. Um, and I just hope that we're able to work with all these different stakeholders in our region to open up opportunities because Sunshine Community Compost won't be able to compost for everybody. We, we But we want to have more and more people who are those adopters of this movement and help us grow the infrastructure, um, take it on themselves, take on projects and just move everything together as this interconnected web um, of a composting movement that we're a participant in. So I love them all. <laughs> <laughs> love them all. I love them all. Yeah. But that means you're in the right job then if you love. Yeah. Yeah. And also like when we're doing, um, we're doing more projects in community gardens and that's where the loop is so clearly closed. It's like, okay, here's the scraps, the scraps of the soil, the soil goes in the garden bed, the garden bed makes food and the scraps go back again. And it's so very clear that we're participating in uh, a regenerative loop. Yeah. And that's the kind of, you know, we want to figure out how to demonstrate those loops in other sort of settings where maybe there isn't a garden, but, you know, we can kind of um, inspire that closed loop thinking. We did one project, it was a rooftop composting project um, with an apartment complex, and they saw that, you know, oh, well, we're composting up here, why aren't we doing a garden? Now we go from composting to gardening, now they want compost for their rooftop garden. So again, like those closed loops really, I think they really bring people into alignment around this work and, and help them move it forward. Absolutely. So you talked about education and you yeah. talked about working with the community, but environmental work policy is always um, always has a heavy influence on what we can and cannot do. Yeah. Um, so compost management is as different as the city you live in, mm -hmm. um, including curbside pickup. Like we don't have curbside pickup. Correct. Um, so can you explain some of some different examples of how cities handle? Yes. 
Yes, um, I'm, I'm part of a collaborative of community composters all over the nation, and we're constantly posing questions to each other about whatever we're having to deal with in our region and what are ways to get through it or around it or to rewrite um, you know, policies and laws. But um, basically, it depends on how each um, municipality or how each county um, handles solid waste. So in our region, if you're in the city of Sarasota, um, they're handling their own quote unquote waste. It's not even obviously food scraps are not waste, they're a resource. But um, and then you get into the county and the county, um, you know, they 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 manage their waste differently. So how um, how we're able to compost depends on what the rules are and regulations around what is and is not solid waste, what kind of um, agreements are made with um, waste management um, companies, um, and then also if there is even infrastructure in place of where to take a large amount of food scrap in order to be converted into compost. And that's why community composting is a good fit for this region because at this time is because there isn't really a very large scale facility to take a municipal scale amount of food scrap uh, material. Now, like in San Francisco, when I lived there, the, the, the city did it. They managed the composting and they've and but they had it picked up in large trucks and brought out to, you know, uh, an area outside of the city. We don't have that kind of infrastructure here. So um, so from city to city, county to county, whether you're incorporated, unincorporated, whatever, it really comes down to how do you manage, quote unquote, your solid waste and then is there actual infrastructure in place which to recover um, food scraps? And there is very little infrastructure in place in Florida. When I moved back here, I went to a couple of large scale facilities, several of which have shut down since. Ooh. So it's like, oh, wrong direction. Mm -hmm. In my mind, we need all of it. We need backyard, we need community, we need middle scale, and we need large scale because um, we have something that we need to address. And even before that, we need to address wasted food. We need to stop putting edible food in the in the compost bin to begin with, because that is the highest, best use of the food is to get it to the people before the microbes. And then we save a lot of resources in that action. So it's a whole spectrum. Yeah, and it's different everywhere. I mean, the barriers that some people are facing, um, some people in regions across the country are getting shut down as a community composter for, you know, very small scale amount, but uh, because there's a contract with a larger company or um, whatever the regulations are, you know, it seems easy and common sense that food scraps should turn into soil, but there's so many barriers that we just have to put one foot in front of the other and try to work through and around as much as we can. Yeah. Yeah. You were talking about um, food waste and I've read that 40% of food in the U.S. becomes food waste. Right. It's the numbers are dropping. Um, once we saw um, there were some shifts in the Farm Bill and the EPA has got onto it and the USDA over the last, you know, five-ish, maybe five-ish plus years, we've seen more attention on the wasted food issue. So the numbers have dropped. I'd say it's more closer to 30% in our country. But that's so insane that 30% of the food supply that we grow for human consumption goes straight into basically is lost or wasted, but a lot of it's going straight to the landfill. So it's like we're farming for the landfill, like that yeah. makes no sense. And we have to think about the water, the soil, the human care and attention, the fertilizer, the, the transportation fuel, the packaging, you know, all the handling from the top of the food system, you know, down into the consumer's refrigerator. Um, and then to waste it once it actually made it that far is, um, you know, it's challenging, but it's just about awareness. It's just 
we all, um, there's more opportunities for engaging and understanding um, how we can stop wasting food and what things we can do. And there's a lot more organizations that are on board with that and working together. So we are seeing that drop a little bit. But I mean, all the water, I mean, 20% of all um, water in the US goes to creating food that goes into the landfill. Like, wow. So, so we have some work ahead of us, you know, <laughs> all of us, all of us, we can all do something, a little something every day, every meal, every time we go to the grocery store or the farmer's market or whatever, you know, just rethinking, little shift. Yeah. And that is something that's do within it. our control. I think people Absolutely. get overwhelmed. Yeah. And these are little things yeah. that you can actually do that aren't huge changes, like spend less money. Yeah. Buy less food. I mean, yeah. that, there's so many benefits to that. Yeah. There's multiple benefits. Like, yeah, to a whole web with this one action, you know, with the food saving strategies or the composting or whatever. And so and and once we make those more transparent and we educate about them, that's what we educate about wasted food when we're doing composting now, because I'm like, that's still looking in the compost bin like, ah, you know, maybe I should take that home with me. I guess, you know, still edible, you know, <laughs> just peel the onion, you know, or whatever, you know, um, you know, it's hard when you, you know, and you see that there's so much deprivation and so many people struggling to get um, good, healthy nutrition. So yeah. just a, another imbalance that we, you know, have to continue to um, focus attention on and, and do the best we can with what we got. I wonder with the huge increases in food prices, if that will also push down um, food waste. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. I Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to say from where, from what lens I actually see it from, but I would imagine yes. Um, but we'll see. In the future. So you were talking about large scale. You were saying that you do composting for the hospital. Mm -hmm. What has what facilities around here have a large enough capacity right. to take that on? There's only one that I know of. Um, I think that there's a lot of opportunities when it comes to farms, um, but there's all logistics that go into actually getting material from one place to the other and all mm -hmm. the people and all that stuff. So farms are one op option. That's not one that we've been able to tap into in a sustainable, regenerative way. But um, there is one facility um, and it, it used to be called One Stop. And then um, a, a larger organization that now has is developing more food scrap recovery facilities in Florida. It's called Atlas Organics. Um, and they, they do a lot with the, the composting council and with the national conference and stuff like that. So um, they're upgrading. Well, I don't know if it's necessary upgrading, but they're shifting the systems over there and it's medium scale. They don't have endless capacity, um, but they are able to take some of these larger volumes. Um, so it's a medium scale is what I would say. Um, and they mostly take um, the yard yard debris, more of the, you know, the trees and leaves and stuff like that. That's the large portion of their business in our region that I know in other regions they've done um, more around the food scrap recovery. So, you know, we'll see um, what happens. I think it's just uh, as the community asks, then more players fill in the gaps in the field. Um, and so I am curious to see now that we're seeing more people asking, you know, if we can bridge these gaps with more um, support and resources and um, partnerships. I, I don't really know. Um, but we are happy that we have something like that because, um, you know, this is hundreds and hundreds of pounds, 50,000 pounds in one year of food scraps. That's a lot for a small organization in addition to all the other projects we have going. So it's nice to have one place where when we have more, more than we can manage ourselves that we can partner with, we can work, we can bring them and, you know, 
do a Voldemort fulfilling. So that's great. I did. I also did a tour of Ed Charles's farm. Oh, you did. Big farm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's acres. And he so brings awesome. He brings his food scrap yeah, from his restaurant. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then from what is it, Mar Vista, same mm-hmm. dollar, and I'm missing one. Uh, um, Beach House, I think it is. Beach yeah. House. So mm-hmm. he brings it from those three, and I think a couple of his neighbors, and they bring it out to yeah. the farm, and yeah. then they create um, produce that then they bring back yes. and serve at the restaurants. It's such a good closed loop, and he's mm-hmm. definitely an advocate of composting and um, regeneration, and and seeing, you know, and spreading the word, you know, yeah. uh, very good at, you know promoting these things. So, I mean, I would be so great to see more like that. Um, I'm seeing a little bit more of that, but um, we need to see a lot more of that. So it's great to see that there's um, folks that are carving a path and showing other other groups that this is possible, this can be done, and it is valuable. And here's, you know, the food tastes better, you know, um, it's, yeah, yeah, it tastes good. And yeah. Yeah, so it's really great to have folks like that. Yeah, I, anybody who's speaking the speaking the word, you know, I'm just so happy they're here because we have to weave all of these voices together to create more collective movement, and we're seeing a little, you know, moving along one step at a time. So, <laughs> well, I love that you're here, and you got here at the right time too to kind of you were at such the front end, and I know there have been definite frustrations, but you've kept at it, and yeah. now there are more and more voices, so you'll get to that sort of critical mass. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to see that. I mean, I've seen what's possible. You know, it's like in 2003 or something, you know, I was volunteering with the city of San Francisco when they were rolling out their curbside composting program, yeah. right? So, like, you've, I've seen these different stages of different places trying to move this forward. And so there's a lot of different kinds of possibilities. But my heart is with community composting. I do love keeping the material as close to home as possible and letting people be able to actually see it. You know, we're in the parks mm-hmm. and they're walking up and wondering or we're at the gardens and people are, you know, looking around and curious. So it keeps the community piece really alive. Um, but we need, I believe, my opinion is we need all scales. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So how did you come about your love of composting and making it your life's work? Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. Um, I mean, well, it's just... It's just I would never have thought that at this point in my life I would be saying the word composting like, you know, 20 times a day. You know, it's like, wow, I had no idea. But um, I, I think it, it really has to do with the convergence of um, working, um, collaborating with the planet and doing um, community work. It's like I started in healthcare. I was community based healthcare. Um, person, I found myself bringing clients to the garden a lot for um, some of the work that we were doing. So I was like, oh, there's something there. And, and then I went into solar and it was community based solar. So I was like, oh, the sun and the people, you know, it was always the people and something. And then I went into agriculture and in agriculture, um, composting was a very big piece of it because it was closed loop agriculture that was working with people in parts of the world that didn't couldn't just import a bag of compost or go get a tool or, you know, it's like closed loop. So the soil building became so very important. And then when I got back here, I thought, well, I'll start a community garden because I had been doing a lot of gardening um, and working with a lot of kids and adults teaching about gardening. But you don't know too many people when you come back after 20 years. And the best place to start is with the soil, you know, and I could see that there was a food waste challenge here. I could see that um, with some of the kind of food I wanted to grow, um, you know, the soil needed a little bit more nourishment. So I started some pilot projects um, and then I realized, hey, there's something here. Let's go ahead and move this forward. But the composting is the convergence of the community, of the planet, of transformation, of rethinking um, things in our culture. And, you know, I've 
I've definitely been an advocate of sort of a low waste, you know, lifestyle and just kind of, you know, most of what we we need is really already here. It's just how we look at what is here. And so I kind of see that over and over again in the composting. And I just I'm, I'm never stopped being amazed. I mean, it's so even when I'm a little bummed or I'm tired or, you know, whatever, it's like it's still happening. There's still this beautiful compost that's being made. And every time someone sees it for the first time, they're, you know, their eye, whoa, wow. Oh, you know, touching, mm-hmm. smelling. And it's just like, it's so, um, so I don't know. It, it is, it, I think it brings people into alignment with nature, you know, whether they know it or not. You know? So that is something that's inspiring for me. And so um, any way that I can share that and then, you know, plant seeds with people in that compost, grow food with people in that compost, give food away, trade food, you know, it's just trade tips and tools. I learn so much from everyone I work with. It's not like I'm just delivering education. It's like I'm receiving so much. So I think compost is at the heart of all of that. So here we are for now. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that the two biggest way people interact with nature is bird watching and gardening. Mm-hmm. So gardening and composting, et cetera, people are already really geared towards that. So yeah. Yeah, that's you can right. add composting to it. We had um, touched earlier on soil and what a crisis we're in with topsoil in the U.S. And I think that that was another thing that I had read or I I watched on Kiss the Ground, that mm-hmm. documentary about soil mm-hmm. that was saying we have like 25 years left of topsoil. I don't know what the number is now. I don't know what the number is now, but we're losing it to many different things. Um yeah, I mean, the farmer that I trained with that got me into agriculture and composting in from the first place has been speaking the word of topsoil since the 70s. Yeah. Like we're running out, we're running out, we're running out, you know, because nature takes so very long to make this precious resource that is the top inches, you know, of our of our planet's covering, you know, and um, there are ways I think that we can work with the, what's happening and also preserve topsoil. I mean, even if, you know, when we're developing, we cannot get rid of it, you know, we can just scooch it over and then put it back. I mean, we've disturbed it, but, you know, um, I, I just, um, but yeah, it is, it is, we are losing, a, yeah, I mean, what was it? I forget what it was. Um, you know, it was like a UN resource um, about soil and it was like, oh, you know, the size of Texas every day or something like that, you know, but it's like, you know, with the climate and um, agriculture development, there's just a lot of ways yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, we'll see. We just have to steward our soil. We have to find our spot. We have to give it love and attention and care, nurture it and um, yeah, do the best we can. And in Florida, we get to add in our nice sandy soil, too. So trying to make that become the soil to actually grow stuff in is, yeah. is extra fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And working with the natives and what, yeah. you know, what are the native foods that we can eat? Like, there's also that mindset, too, that I think we're going to have to lean into is like, um, you know, learning more about the ecology that's already here too, while also supplementing with these other yummy foods that we love to grow, you know, so, um, because then we don't disturb the soil, the native soils um, when possible. Um, But, you know, I just think we need to give back as much as possible because we've been given so much every day, every meal, every piece of food. It's like, okay, it just makes, you know, that's just reciprocity. You know, you receive ahead. So we got to stay in that loop. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So you mentioned um, all scales of composting, but do you have any other ideas for what the future of compost is in Sarasota and beyond? 
Yeah, I just, I would love that. I would love if um, composting education was embedded into every school, every community group, every business, you know, if it was just part of the culture. I think that we just have to move towards developing a culture of compost and what compost means and the mindset of, you know, of transformation, I think. So um, I would love that to be where we go, but we do, we will need, I mean, there are some places where you can't just compost hundreds of pounds a day in the backyard of a business, right? So we do need these um, larger scales, but I would love if we were able to shift towards a culture of compost where it was, you know, all the kids are teaching the other kids and teaching the parents and um, just, you know, having it be more of a front a front page, a front vision um, as we move through our days. It needs a, it needs a face and a voice. <laughs> One of my uh, daughter's friends, she's like, well, you guys, you guys are crunchy. And I was like, why does she think that? She's like, oh, because you compost. Mm -hmm. And I was like, but that's by, that's biology. Like, right. that, like, I think that right. everyone should be interested in that sort of right. transformation and watching watching what happens is just to me so fascinating. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it is. I mean, it's yeah, exactly. It is fascinating. Yeah. It is science and it is, it's, it's spirit. It's all of it. Yeah. It's, that's why it's so cool about it. But yeah, we definitely need to bring it um, into the, into the light, into yeah. the forefront. Into the main. <laughs> yeah. So if people want to reach you to volunteer or to find out more about composting or resources, mm -hmm. or even um, sign up for the city program to be able to compost at Gillespie Park, how would they reach you? Um, yeah, they can reach me. They can go to our website. We have uh, resources and sign up there, which is sunshinecommunitycompost.org. Um, they can email me directly. A lot of people just asking questions, trying to keep moving along the continuum. Um, they can email me at ttroxler at sunshinecommunitycompost.org. Um, our phone number's on the website. So, I have all kinds of people reaching me about all kinds of things, but that's how we keep the thing things moving and filling in gaps. So if you have questions or you want to sign up for a project or you want you got stuck in your backyard compost and you need to keep going, you know, reach out and um, we want to keep you going. You know, once you start, we want to see it through the lifetime. You know, that's a lot of compost, you know, and transformation. So, yeah, website, email, phone number 650-743-3104. So I right. can be reached there, too. Perfect. So thank you to Tracy and thanks for listening to The Peel. To get involved with South Bay, Sarasota, visit southbase.org, Sarasota. Until next time, stay sunny.